Welcome to When Ghosts Speak with Melissa and Mary Ann. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of When Ghosts Speak. And Marianne, you've got another tale out of a hospital. That's probably going to make all of us think a little differently about going in for um, even a regular checkup, I bet. And, you know, I, I can't help it. Mostly everybody that listens to us on a regular basis know that Ted has just been in and out of the hospitals. How can I not do hospital stuff when I'm stuck in them for hours at a time so i mean just sit there and watch them no i decide i take my little notebook and start writing things down when i see them now so i clear a lot of folks houses that work in hospitals nursing homes and any kind of medical facility penny called and left a message hi marianne this is penny from and she said what hospital you cleared my house and i've never had a problem after but work is so bad. Please call. I'm now working in the emergency room. And unfortunately, it was an emergency room at a city hospital, which means that you are definitely going to have something going on there. And in all honesty, one of the very worst departments to work in in a hospital is a city hospital especially uh, <laughs> because I didn't plan on this, but that day that I went to the hospital, it was a full moon. So all the ghosts there were like on steroids anyway. So I said, Penny, what's going on? And she said, I'm working now 9P to 9A, which is 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., three days, off four days, on four days, off three days. She said, so I, I definitely, I, I'm shocked. You just cannot believe what's going on. It, 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 there's a lady called Zara who's only been working here about six weeks. And besides not her, but everybody else has seen all kinds of stuff in the hospital. We've seen kids. We've seen teenagers. We've seen gangbangers. We've seen old people knew she's this place is like watching a commercial for a zombie tv show that's how bad this place is and she says the doctors the techs the nurses the housekeeping everybody has been complaining about it i says penny i says are you a supervisor or head of your shift by any chance she said nope she said and i knew you were going to ask me that she said but you did Beverly's house and she's in charge. And she said, yes, when I told her I was going to call you. And she said, get her here as soon as possible. I usually want a phone call from where the problem is, but this was a hospital. It's a given. There's going to be ghosts. So I, I didn't need a call from there. I got to the hospital about midnight. By then, I figured the nurses were done with their changing the shifts and doing the vitals and everything. I figured the hospital would be a little bit more quiet at midnight. Plus, I had to go there when 
both Beverly and um, Penny were there. So I got to the hospital at midnight on a Wednesday. And like I said, it was definitely a full moon and went in through the, the emergency room door. And it was busy, but not crazy busy. There were people in the waiting room, not too many, but there were some. And Penny and Beverly came out into the waiting area and said, thank goodness you're here. Beverly said, come with us. She took me to one of the treatment rooms. She slid the, uh, the curtain over, looked, turned on the light, and it looked like a tornado went through that room. I, I just stood there with my mouth opened. I said, what happened? She said, I don't know. She said, there was a man in here that had a gunshot wound and, and he died and he wasn't here very long. She said, they, they came and got him pretty quick and they took him down to autopsy. She said, and housekeeping came in and sanitized the room. And as soon as she was done, she shut the lights off, closed the curtain, and we were just waiting for the next person to use it. Beverly said within 15 minutes, an aide brought down a man from MR, from having an MRI and he had had a stroke and they were putting him in there till the doctor could come and talk to him. The aide handed me the paperwork. Penny said, I pulled the curtain and turned on the light and this is what we saw. I, I, I have to admit, Whoever this earthbound spirit was must have had a grand time tearing this room out. There were four boxes, empty boxes, of disposable gloves. Every glove was out of the box, and the, the, the gloves were all over this room. They were, there was one on the, the big overhead light over the, the bed, uh, on the bed, on the counters. Any piece of equipment in that room that could be turned on was on. Ivy poles were on the bed, paper towels thrown everywhere. All the drawers were open and wound care supplies were thrown all over everywhere. Needles and, uh, and the bed was up as high as it could go. I didn't even know hospital beds could go up that high. And I, I, I was just absolutely, and I didn't see any ghost. And I'm looking around thinking, where are they? And on the whiteboard that the nurses write, you know, I'm your nurse for the day. My name is Annie. All it said was, guess who? So whoever this was had a real sense of humor. What I didn't understand is that this was pretty close to the nurse's station. And I was surprised no one heard anything. Of course, they were having their own issues. Their computers were not working, and the one was deleting a patient's file, and nobody was sitting there. About 15 minutes later, all the call buttons went off from every room at the same time. You have no idea what that sounds like. One of the housekeepers came running over to the nurse's station and said, I've had it. No more, enough, I quit. I am not cleaning another room again. This place is too spooky and I'm not coming back. 
Beverly said, that's the third one this month. Everyone is scared and they're, they're starting to quit. The one nurse came up and said, no warm blankets. The, 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 the big metal thing that they put blankets in to warm to give to patients was not working again. And Beverly said, we just had that fixed. Just then there was a huge crash from the utility room. One of the shelves collapsed and took down two other shelves with it. I mean, these people, these earthbound spirits in this hospital were like tearing it up. I, I just couldn't believe it. And I still didn't see anybody. There were some in the waiting area staying with their relatives or friends. I saw one get in an elevator, one walk into the men's, actually it was a lady that walked into the men's room. I guess it goes both ways. And the only, the only ghost I actually saw was the ghost that was hanging around Zara. And again, she was the brand new nurse and only had been there for six weeks. But this woman was like right by her. And I'm thinking she didn't look like somebody that would tear a room apart like that. And so they called Zara over and they introduced me to her. And she was an older woman, but there was a woman almost the same age standing right next to her. And I looked at this woman and said, who are you? I says, and why are you standing here with Zara? And she says, I'm Zara's friend. She said, we actually went to grade school together. She says, my name is Sally, and I died in this hospital six months ago. And I asked her, do you go home with her? She said, oh, yeah. She says, I don't leave her side. Sally said, I love Zara, like she, but she doesn't get along well with people. She's always had this personality, but I understand her. I always have. Zara is a little instigator. She thinks it's funny when people pick on one another. That's why her marriage lasted about 18 months, no boyfriends. She is fighting with most of her family right now, actually. I know she's lonely, and that's why I didn't go with the light. I'm staying with her. I says, don't you realize that by staying with her that she's got headaches and she doesn't feel good? She says she's such a miserable person. She doesn't know the difference. I said, okay. I thought, wow, you just know everything, Sally. And she said, go ahead. She says, ask that nurse right there. And she pointed to Beverly. She says, ask her how she gets along with the other ones. And so I didn't ask until Zara went to answer a call button and Sally went with her. And I said, Beverly, how long has Zara been here? She said, oh, six, seven weeks. How is she doing? She says, she's an efficient nurse. She's not a warm and fuzzy with the patients, though. She doesn't join with us. She says it's like she's a loner. Beverly, trying to make excuses for her, said, gee, maybe she's just shy. And I thought, well, that's nice. Don't put down your, you know, workers. 
And I thought how strange it was like a live person causing the stress with the rest of the staff, not even an earthbound ghost. And I thought that was odd that Sally was helping her make people not like her, which that, that was really odd. Right then, maybe an 18, 19-year-old young man walked up to the nurse's station, not realizing I could see him. He walked into the station, and he was watching a nurse type something into the computer. Then the nurse stood up and got her sweater and put it on and asked, why is it so darn cold in here all the time? Beverly asked, is anyone else cold? And she got all no's. This woman was the only one that was cold. And some said, someone yelled, I'm hot. So there you go. The young man was reaching on, over the nurse to hit a computer key. And I said, hey, stop it. He jumped. And he said, you can see me. I said, yes, I can. And I said, who are you? He said, I'm the boss of the cargoes, and what I say goes. Now, this guy had on what he had died in. A leather vest on, chains. I think they were just choker, dog choker chains hanging off of his jeans. He had uh, motorcycle boots on. And I, 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 like I said, I just looked at him, and I said, how did you die? And he said, I was shot by a traitor in my group, but my boys got him. I said, how long ago did you die? He said, oh, maybe two years ago, three years ago. I said, and you've been hanging out all this time? He said, yeah. He says, I strive to stay with the gang, he says, and stay the boss, he says. But, you know, he says, they just didn't understand me. They couldn't hear me. He said, and so I thought, no. Oh. So I I came back here. He says, this is where I died. And he said, but nobody could see me or hear me here either. And I said, who shot you? He said, Little Bear. I said, Little Bear? He said, yeah, that's his name. And he said, we were both brought into the hospital the same day, he says, because after little bear shot and killed me he says my boy shot him and they brought us both into the same hospital i said great and i said so he's around here too now he said oh yeah he said he didn't go to the light either i went oh this is wonderful i said okay i said do you see each other he said yeah we do and he said we're sort of over it he said he apologized to me i said for killing you. He said, yeah. And I said, why here at the hospital? He said, you know, he says, because we belong, we're from gangs. He says, nobody at this hospital ever tries to save us. They just think that we're, we should die anyway, because we're bad. I said, I don't believe that. And he said, yes, they do. He said, and when we lost the light, we decided to come back and scare these people. If they thought we were so bad, then we're going to scare them. That's what these two were doing on purpose. 
They were seriously trying to scare anybody that worked there. I said, wrecking that room was really good. And he said, it sure shook him up, didn't it? I said, yeah. He says, he says, I think I got another one to quit. And I said, yeah, I think maybe you did. I said, can you do me a favor? I says, can you bring Little Bear here? I says, I want to see him. I said, do you know where he is? He says, I can find him. I says, you know what? I says, why don't you bring anybody else you can find so that I can talk to all of them? He said, why would I want to do that? He says, if you get Little Bear and everybody else who is hanging out like you, I'll have some good news for all of you. It's a surprise. And he took off and Beverly looked at me and she said, what are you doing? And I told her that I sent the boss out to find any earthbound spirits he could find and bring them back. She said, should we clear out of here? I went, no, they're not going to do anything to you. And she said, how many will he bring back? I said, my guess is he's just going to get him off of this floor. He's not going to go up to any other floor. So the boss came back with Little Bear, who was so hairy and big. He, he must have been six and a half feet tall. I bet he weighed 300 pounds. He was dressed similarly, very similarly to the boss, only in much larger size clothes. And there were others there, too, that he found. There was a little girl. There were two ladies. The rest were men. The boss said, why did you want us to be here? And I said, remember when you all died and you saw the white light? He said, yes. The rest of the people shook their head, yes. I said, then it disappeared. And they shook their head, yes. I says, and then you were sort of stuck here. and they said yes they shook their head yes and i said you know what i can do for you i can make that light for all of you that way you will be able to go into the white light and that's where you're supposed to be little bear said where does that go i said well it's a place where your family is at and friends are there and that died, and you will be with them, and you won't be stuck anymore. Little Bear said, yeah, but I killed the boss, and maybe a couple other people. And he looked at the boss, and he said, and so did you. And I said, it's okay if you couldn't go to the light. It still would have been there. It's for everybody. I said, you don't have to be a saint to go to the light. The light is there for anybody. And I got to tell you, that was not exactly true. The white light is for everybody, but I didn't want to tell them that, that there's a, somebody standing there with a the clipboard deciding which way you're going when you go into that white light, because they probably wouldn't have gone that. So the boss looked hesitant. And I said, guess what? Your gang will be, will all be able to hear you if you go to the light. He said, how? 
And I said, well, once you go to the light, you can tell them what to do if you go in their dreams. So you could still run your gang from the white light. And he looked at me. He said, I can do that. I said, yes, you can. And he said, are you sure? I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really sure you'll be able to do that. And he said, I don't know. And I says, how many other people have you talked to that are alive since you died? He said, nobody. And I said, oh, gee, don't you think that I'm telling you the truth then? <clears throat> and I said, and you can be the real boss again. Huh. I said, you can't kill anybody from the white light, but you might be able to tell your gang to do it if that's what you want. I had him totally snookered. He really thought he was going to be head honcho again. And I'd never talked to any of the other ghosts that were there. They all did cross into the light. Patty and Beverly said they were they had just gotten a call from an ambulance. It was a three-car pileup or something. They were bringing all kinds of sick people into the hospital. She says, they're on their way. She says, we can't talk to you anymore. She says, we got to get ready, set up a triage. I said, okay. And unfortunately, this hospital was not set up for seeds. Too many double doors and triple doors. I, you just can't. It's like trying to put seeds up at an airport. There's way too many doors. So I made sure everyone had a Quincy. Penny called a few weeks later and said, staff still goes on about, uh, stuff still goes on, but not as bad as it was. And I asked how Zara was, and she said, she hasn't gotten any friendlier. And Sally never did go to the light. She would not go. She said she was staying with Zara. So for sure, as long as Zara's there, at least Sally the ghost will be at that hospital too. Well, at least, you know, Sally the ghost wasn't wrecking the rooms and, no, you know, making the job harder for everybody, which is ultimately impeding the care of everybody else in that hospital. That's right. That's right. And the thing is this, I have been in nursing homes where total rooms were rearranged in the middle of the night by earthbound spirits. But I had never, ever, ever seen a hospital rooms torn apart like that. Never. I, I, I still can't believe they did that. Well, it's amazing that nobody heard the ruckus, but I can vouch. I mean, in last week's episode in my house stories was like nobody else would hear any of the stuff going on. Right. Exactly. So, which is still amazing. Like, where is this sound barrier? <laughs> right. And in all honesty, you know, a rubber glove hits the floor. It really doesn't make a lot of noise. So, you know, but again, <laughs> and who knows? It's a night shift. You know, there's not a full staff of nurses like during the day. So maybe mm -hmm. while that was going on, they were answering a call someplace else and nobody was at the station. That's a possibility too. But right. the one thing that, uh, uh, Beverly did say is that all the computers and all the stuff inside the, nur the nurse's station has been working better. So apparently Sally must have backed off 
trying to get them to pick on one another. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. This was a fun episode. And you know, Marion, I think we need to add a little segment at some point or a special one where, where we play Never Have I Ever With You. And we're going to include things like lie to a gang member and survive. And, uh, <laughs> see how many of these are. <laughs> Sometimes I have to trick them to going into the light, that they're better off in the light than not going to the light. So, because I don't want to run again. I don't want to run into these people a second time. That's oh, happened before too. No, that's <laughs> happened. And I don't want that to happen. I don't like when that happens. So <laughs> well, we'll have to see what our next week's episode is. And um if you're is it the mafia next week? No, 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 no. I I'm, I'm <laughs> very leery of the mafia. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Catch our episodes every Wednesday morning just in time for your ride into work or to school. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to When Ghosts Speak. Remember, no part of the podcast can be used, shared, or rebroadcast without the written consent of Marianne Winkowski and Melissa Wiles. Join us again soon. Goodbye.